Welcome to Indian Artpreneur. Wishing all our podcast listeners a very happy, healthy and prosperous new year. For many of us who live in a city, it is probably easy to find a dance teacher next door. Now let's imagine we are in the 90s, living in a small town with no access to dance teachers, but wanting to learn dance. Now, would one seeking knowledge be willing to travel 500 kilometers to a distant village that happens to be the birthplace of the dance form? Not all are blessed with opportunities next door, but some do the impossible and yet pursue their passion. This is the story of Sarvani Yadavalli, a Kuchipudi dancer. Sarvani has toured 17 countries in Europe and Asia, performing and conducting workshops, propagating the rich Indian cultural heritage. She has won several accolades across the world. She was selected as the Indian ambassador for the 19th World Festival of Youth and Students in Russia. The introduction doesn't stop here. She stood first in the entire state of Andhra Pradesh in pre-university. did engineering in witspilani works in royal dutchel and is a mother of two yet she continues to perform and teach dance works with specially able children and at hospitals and old age homes with the vision of making arts an integral part of one's life let's listen to her story hi sarvani welcome to indian entrepreneur Hi Sushma it's a pleasure to be here um, as uh, as a part of this uh, Indian art preneur uh, channel and thank you so much for inviting me thank you and first of all wish you and your family a very happy new year thank you so much and i wish you your family and all the audience a very very happy new year 2021 thank you so how did you get introduced to kuchipudi art form okay So let me just give you a bit of uh, context uh, about my family uh, because uh, that is really essential uh, to understand how I got introduced uh, into Kuchipudi dance. Um both my parents like my mother and my father they work in Singareni Coal they used to work in Singareni Coalries Company Limited which is uh, the coal mines company and uh, I was born and brought up uh, in a place called Belampalli in Telangana uh, state. and um, actually my mother uh, listened to so many stories that my grandfather shared with her on how my ancestors were very prominent artists uh, my great grandfather uh, yadavali nageswar rao garu he's a great harmonium player and he also did the role of krishna in the film maya bazaar that was released in 1936 and um, there i mean we all our, our generation i think know the maya bazaar in which uh, ntr acted as krishna but there was one more maya yes. bazaar which was released before and in that my great grandfather acted as krishna and he was very famous for uh-huh. that role and another of my grand great grandfathers um, yadavali suryanarayan garu he is a prominent theater artist 
and my grandfather used to share all these stories on their dance on their uh, theater journeys on their you know film journeys and my mom was like quite impressed with all you know knowing that uh, there was there were these great artists in my family and uh, this actually inspired her um, and this actually gave that thought to her that you know she has to you know she wanted to see me as one of uh, as a kuchipudi dancer in future so she uh, wanted to make me a kuchipudi dancer and um, but at the, at that point of time the greatest challenge is to find a teacher a guru in that uh, part of um, the state wherein the impact of indian classical dance is not very profound mm-hmm. uh, luckily one of my father's colleagues raja ramgaru he learned kuchipudi dance and uh, he agreed to teach me kuchipudi and at that at that point of time i was 5 years old and that's how my journey started uh, with raja ram garu and uh, yeah initially i was very very hesitant i was not uh, very inclined towards dancing probably so it was my mother's intention uh, that you know yes i have to go for for these classes and mm-hmm. i should i should also at this point of time probably mention the immense efforts that my guru took he used to send his daughter to my home and she used to play with me for a while and she used to make sure that i'm comfortable in her um, you know in uh, i'm comfortable with her and then slowly 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 she uh, took me to the dance class and that's how my dance journey started at 5 beautiful beautiful um you've been trained under the able guidance of several gurus so at the age of 5 you uh, learn training you begin your training uh, under shri rajaram garu and then proceed to learn from shri vedantam radhesham garu shrimati sita nagajyoti garu and then the legendary padmashri dr shobha naidu herself so can you talk about this phase of your journey so um as i said i started at 5 and uh, for a couple of years i learned from rajaram garu and uh, even Uh, to to this point i think that those are the beautiful years which provided very very strong foundation because every day we used to have dance class and it's not just for say an hour or for 30 minutes but i used to go to the dance class at 5 o'clock and i used to return at 8:30 every single day my sir used to ensure that we used to start with steps and then go for jatis and then go for items and then we used to leave the class mm-hmm. so it was not you know just any class with uh, you know uh, as a formality or sake or something it was sheer hard work and dedication as as you can see you know spending 3 to 3 and a half hours every single day and i really thank him for all the time and efforts that he took in the initial years because i feel that's really really important to have sure. a strong foundation sure. for for any art form uh, you know for that matter mm-hmm. and uh, once you know after a couple of years once he taught me everything that he knew he was so kind enough to encourage my parents to take another step and make me learn uh, from another person you know not many people will do that but he is so kind enough he told my parents i have taught everything what i i i learned from my guru and it's time for her to do the advanced training and he also suggested my parents to um go and uh, actually approach somebody in kuchipudi so that you know the kuchipudi is a place where the art form got originated and he in fact uh, advised my parents to go and um, approach someone there so that i can proceed i know i can take advanced training from 
So Kuchipudi is a, a, a it's a origin of this uh, dance form, is it? It's a small village where the dance form. Yeah, it's a small village in the state of Andhra Pradesh uh, near to Vijayawada. Uh -huh. uh, where uh, even today, uh -huh. like, you know, you find the whole village is filled with dancers, art connoisseurs, and, you know, uh, there's a big Kalakshetram and, um, like, uh, there uh -huh. are traditional families from hundreds and thousands of years. They are dedicated uh, to dancing. They they teach, they practice, they tour, and all the life, I know, the whole life of them is dancing. So uh, I think we are in the middle of the conversation. Yes, right. Uh, that yeah. Uh, then my first guru encouraged uh, me to my parents to go and approach someone in Kuchipudi. And um, one of my mother's relatives, they know Vedantam Sachinaran Sirmagaru, who is very, very famous personality in Kuchipudi. So we went to him and um, he was in his 70s, I think, you know, pretty old uh, at that point of time. And he asked me to show a small bit of dance, which I did. And he told them, um, I'm right. I, I'm not I'm, I'm not going to give you classes, but I'll introduce you to one of uh, the best teachers that we have. And he took me to uh -huh. Vedantam Radhesyam Garu. And uh, I think, you know, anybody who knows Vedantam Radhesyam Garu, uh, you know, he, anybody who uh, knows him, like he's so energetic, you know, so enthusiastic person who loves to teach, who loves to dance all the time. You know, you even if you ask him to do 24 hours dancing in a day, like I think you won't even see a bit of tiredness in his face. Very, very energetic and very kind hearted person. So he accepted me as his student and uh, it was very nice uh, to, you know, approach him and uh, to take lessons from him. My grandparents used to stay in Gudivada, which is like, uh, you know, a two to three hours journey at that point of time. Like now with uh, so many highways in place and um, improvements in the road transport system, I think it doesn't take much time now. But at that point of time, we had to change two buses. So we used to uh, wake up early in the morning, like at five o'clock, and we used to take a bus to Kuchipudi. In fact, two buses, one to Pamaru and from Pamaru to Kuchipudi. And if you are lucky, in two to two and a half to, uh, hours, we used to reach Kuchipudi. And from morning nine o'clock to evening five o'clock, we used to get lessons from him. And again, at five o'clock, we used to board the bus to Gudivada. So that used to be our routine for a couple of years. And then... Uh, I just want to keep this conversation a little bit brief. So, you know, I will skip a lot of steps in between. And then I happened to uh, meet Sita Naga Jyoti ma'am, who in fact uh, did all her training from Vempadichina Satya Master Garu and also taught many people in the uh, Kuchipudi Art Academy, Chennai. So she's popularly known as Sita Ka. Blessed to be her student, in fact, again, uh, because uh, I learned a lot of uh, precision and, you know, the style of, you know, Chinnamampal Satyam Garu through her. And uh, with Pad then I also learned from Padmashri Dr. Sobhan Aidu Garu. And I was really indeed blessed uh, to be her student. She uh, organized my, I mean, she, under her able guidance, I did my Ranga Pravesam uh, in Hyderabad, in Ravindra Bharati. So the association with her is again at a different level. And uh, I think, you know, uh, I mean, for anybody, for any dance student, it's actually people say it's nice to have one guru. I mean, because of geographical reasons, even I would love to have that, you know, have one guru. But because of geographical reasons and because I was brought up and born and brought up in a place where there's, there's there are not many facilities. 
so what my parents thought is instead of just ending the dance journey there it is actually nice to proceed and you know to continue even if it is with another dance teacher and in fact i feel that it's a blessing in disguise for me because with each teacher there are special aspects that i took from them like with raja ram garu that strong foundation with uh, radhe syam garu the traditional items you know the traditional aspects of kuchipudi the yakshaganam um, i used to tour with him a lot and uh, especially doing the role of prahlada in the yakshagana prahlada patabhishekam so all these traditional aspects of kuchipudi is what i learned from him and with sita ma'am the precision and the um, uh, style the chinavampat satyam garu style you know is what i learned from sita ma'am and from shobha naidu ma'am you know undoubtedly the abhinaya which she is very very famous for so there are certain aspects i could uh, learn from each of them and i'm highly really indebted to all my gurus for taking time and efforts you know if i'm something today in the arts journey it is because of their efforts it is because of the time they took to nurture me huge pranams to all of them i think your undeterred determination you know uh, all throughout and uh, the guidance and blessings of your gurus uh, we have been blessed uh, we have been presented with a wonderful artist like you today <laughs> you've had the fortune of uh, getting trained under dr shobha naidu uh, how was it to learn dance from her do you have any significant memories that you would like to share with us yes definitely probably i'll quote a couple of incidents when i first uh, went to academy uh, it's in hyderabad so the very very first uh, view i had of her is uh, when i went to the academy and she was performing this item called vadalera vayarulu and uh, she she was teaching that item to the students and uh, i still remember her that first moment when i saw her she was wearing a white cotton sari and she was doing the um, uh, the first portion of that item and i cannot probably express in words how much i enjoyed you know um, watching her and first impressions you know they stuck in your mind right so i had literally goosebumps actually watching her doing that item and she was gorgeous and i think this in fact increased my interest more and more to learn from her uh, and uh, so that's that's a very very first uh, uh, experience i can say uh, i want to share with you but uh, i also want to share with you couple of other uh, experiences i had with her especially uh, for my ranga pravesan so she made sure that i used to spend a lot of time um, uh, learning lot of nuances and um, i want to share with you the experience i had learning a javali from her for my ranga pravesan uh, she was training me in the javali vani pundu chalu vaddane so in that um, just to give the story and background so the heroine um waits for her husband and uh, throughout the night he doesn't uh, turn up and in the morning he comes and uh, she realizes and it is very evident that uh, the hero has spent time with another woman and she says enough is enough just go leave me so this is the storyline and uh, she was uh, teaching me that and it's only this one line vani pondu chalu vaddane and the number of variations that she taught me like you know just one line but probably some 20 different ways of showing the anger you know 20 different ways of showing you know enough is enough just go leave me 
and the mixture of uh, expressions in the face you know that uh, she is she is angry but at the same time she doesn't want to uh, you know tell him uh, to go at in the beginning but then she determines yes you have to go you know leave me you you know you you don't deserve my attention or nor my time so the whole morning you know probably for three continuous hours she taught me just this one line vaani pondu chaalu vaddani and there uh, for rangapravism as all the indian artists might be knowing so the total rangapravism might be for like 2 hours right so and there are so many aspects of dance where we would concentrate on the nritta part like you know the pure technique part where is it where it is physically demanding right so it is you know physically straining but after this 3 hours i was so exhausted and i was like oh my god is it this difficult it was like you know make getting that uh, abhinaya come out from from a person and i think this is my this is my first instant which i kind of you know completely focused on abhinaya and you know learned from her after that there are so many incidents which she taught uh, you know especially abhinaya oriented pieces as well but this is my first experience with her learning different varieties of showing the same message and uh, i i will still remember uh, that that probably forever so you know it, it's 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 really amazing and also it's also nice to see her choreographing a piece uh, so see she was actually working on a bit of uh, she was working on a new piece for my rangapravesan and um, you know it is like you know she was she told me okay this we will do this for this uh, for this sequence we will do this and probably after 10 minutes she was like no she got a different idea and she she improved that again and after again next uh, after like couple of days again she's like you know this she again came up with a different idea you know she she's like oh this suits this very very much so you know I, this is very inspiring to see her choreographing a piece because you know this is something i think not many people would be blessed uh, you know learning a piece which is already choreographed is is different and being a part of that choreographic journey is different because we understand and we are watching her at very close quarters on how she is thinking how she is improvising you know the same bit and from from what stage it started to what stage it ended right so that having that close exposure uh, to that great mindset is something which i am blessed with is is what i can say so your first dance production vriksho rakshati rakshitaha it happens when you are quite young and uh, you combine two dance forms there one is the classical dance form kuchipudi and the other is a regional dance form called burrakatha it sounds very interesting can you talk a bit about this uh, project of yours sure sure i think i was 14 at that point of time and uh, really uh-huh. uh, really really young dancer um so at that point of time the context is i was doing my schooling in bellampalli as i was as i have mentioned the classical dance impact was not that profound and i was going to kuchipudi to learn dance and uh, so these uh, the difference in these two cultures actually made me thought that we should do something by you know by mixing uh, so that the message what we want to convey uh, would convey in a very better fashion to the local audience so i wanted to take a local art form of telangana and because i am already learning kuchipudi i wanted to include kuchipudi and a local art form which is burakatha so just to give a context of what burakatha is burakatha is a local storytelling art form where there would be a main uh, presenter 
and there would be supporting uh, actors. I mean, I can say the, the whatever the main presenter would be presenting, the supporting performers would be repeating the message and would be telling it as a storytelling. You know, it's a basically a storytelling art form. So, okay. so there was this environmental day celebrations and all the schools were encouraged to participate and be as creative as possible. So we chose this aspect of presenting a science drama. So the message is Vriksho Rakshati Rakshitaha. So you save the environment, you save the trees, they in turn will save you. And especially we thought of doing this because what better place to do that? You know, all the people who are watching that show are the children of Singarini Colliery's employees who were facing the effects of deforestation. There were mines and we were literally staying in the mines areas. We were literally experiencing the heat in the summers and every summer would be like different from the previous one and the temperatures kept on increasing. And uh, so it is very important for all of us to understand the importance of planting trees and the message should be conveyed in a, in, in, in a very effective way. So that is what was there in our mind. So what, what I did is I took the help of uh, my teachers because it, it's definitely not easy to, um, you know, come up with a production, especially not a traditional one, right? You know, we are, we are planning to experiment and we are planning to get that message to, to the people, to the students of different schools. So I went to my teachers. I wanted, I told them that, you know, I want to introduce Earth as a character and also uh, the like there are two aspects right so there was glory earth had a glory uh, there were so many trees so she was flourishing and then came a, a phase when mankind came and the and all the trees were cut and they were digging the earth and they were causing pain to her and then we wanted to show that agony of earth and then we wanted to share a message so what i told my teachers is that the glory of earth, like how she was, you know, in all her beautiful form, we will show it in Kuchipudi, you know, in, in all, you know, the happy mood of earth. And also the pain that she is suffering, we will do it in Kuchipudi. So, you know, the agony, the pain, she is, she is suffering because of all the activities. And then when it comes to the message part, we will tell it in Burakatha and in the local language of Telangana. The message will be in 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 a very casual you know it's the language is we will keep it as simple as possible and um, and this beauty of burakata is also the main performer would be presenting and there will be two supporting performers right they would be repeating that message and in general also when some message is being repeated to us you know it 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 adds more value it it, it adds more impact so we wanted that impact on the audience that you know that uh, people should uh, have that impact after leaving the show. They should really feel that, you know, this is what is the message that uh, we, we we took from the production. So my teachers helped me like, you know, they gave uh, a script and uh, they uh, put music together. And uh, so I played the part of Earth. I choreographed for Earth as well as, you know, the for how the Burakatha, all the part. And we added some supporting dances to uh, make sure you know it is uh, it looks good it looks rich so how earth was before you know praising the earth's glory and telling that it is flourishing with flora and fauna and how the animals were dancing how it was green how it was flourishing so we added so many uh, supporting aspects to that 
and it was completely a kind of you know 45 minutes production uh definitely one nice. of the foundational stones uh, for the work i have done later i don't say it's it's very good or something which is the best of my journey but definitely a foundational uh, step for my journey which i did later yeah i'm sure that was a good start it must be very fond uh, and a memorable event for you definitely definitely and we toured it uh, in the diff- several schools across uh, adilabad district so you know it was not just one one show that we put on because it was categorized as one of the best um, creative shows uh, of environmental day celebrations so we took that to many singarini colony schools across adilabad district so yeah kind of uh, it's a nice teamwork but uh, do you have any other uh, memorable performances sirwani uh, anything uh, that's very significant or close to your heart i would say like you know as i'm sure other um, artists would agree with me so every uh, event is special for us right in every performance is special for us but there are couple of um, performances i would like to mention uh, when i was probably 8 years old i think i was uh, invited to perform in um, a gathering of uh, political party gathering and they had some launch of some event i really don't remember what it was I was too young like you know 8 years old i think and uh, the, there were a lot of odd situations everybody you know including uh, my family members and everybody were like you know don't take sarwani there you know it's it's not uh, worth doing it like you know the political party agenda would go on we don't know what it is so not many favorable situations for my mother to actually you know uh, make me a part of that performance and several other political reasons and uh, but she was very uh, i mean she was very strong and she wants she she doesn't want me to miss even a single opportunity be it dance or be it studies or be it anything she is like you know we are already kind of in a place where there are not many opportunities and we should utilize every single opportunity what what we have so she was very um, determined that we would go and perform there in spite of all the odd situations so we started our makeup probably at 3 o'clock and we we were told that my performance would be at 6 so i start we started makeup at 3 and we were ready by 5:30 and then unfortunately what happened there was some change in the plans and the performance uh, were was was on halt because they wanted to start the political gathering first and then it went on and went on and went on and it was i think 9 o'clock and at that point of time i used to sleep by say 8 8:30 and then my mother was like tensed Oh my god it's already sleeping time for her you know would she go on the stage and will sleep so uh and yeah, and in spite of that you know there's a lot of extreme pressure right because nobody was supporting that performance and then uh, okay at 9:30 they finally invited me onto the stage and i remember i did uh, kolavai tavaranga sai item and the, the mla at that point of time immediately after the item uh, there, there was no scheduled um like say appreciation or anything so we i was supposed to perform and just sleep so they immediately called me on stage and my mom was like frightened you know why are they calling her on stage so did she do something wrong and the mla was so impressed so he whatever uh, shawl was that was felicitated uh, to him so he took that and felicitated me that was my first felicitation and this beautiful uh, is i mean this this probably might not be a very big performance but the thing is 
the situation that my mother was at that point of time i think you know it it gave true joy to her and i think it's it's the gratitude that uh, you know any anyone can give to their mom so i think this is one of the very very special performances because it made made my mother really happy and uh, recently after that you know i got impaneled in iccr i toured several countries every every performance is special but one thing which is also special for me is when uh, i was invited as an indian ambassador to 19th world festival of youth and students russia there were ambassadors from 188 countries and i was representing my country it was my dream come true moment from the childhood i had this dream uh, that you know i should represent my country at one point of time and it was a dream come true moment and yes uh, very very special because i was given an opportunity and um, i had this uh, opportunity to hold indian flag among different country flags and uh, proud to be an indian that must be a very proud moment yes definitely definitely and really uh, and, and the scale the event happened and all it's 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 really a, a dream come true moment for me so moving forward you get your chemical engineering degree from bitspilani uh, while you also continue your artistic pursuits uh, so my question is did you have a clarity from your childhood on what you wanted to pursue or did you undergo that small phase of confusion or uh, a dilemma a student uh, undergoes having to choose either academics or arts in fact i should i should say unfortunately i didn't even think about or i didn't have any clarity i i should say on what i would be doing when i grow up i mean it's it's a not a very happy statement to make <laughs> but uh, that was the truth uh, just because of again you know this geographical reasons actually uh, play an very important role in my life instead of understanding or you know looking forward to what i would do it was what was available to me that was one of the most important factors for me because what was available to me is not uh, say uh, a lot of opportunities right you know uh, when i was doing when i completed my 10th and when i wanted to choose a group i wanted to do mec maths economics commerce and i wanted to do ca that was the thought process i had but uh, the place i was there were not many good colleges and and hence uh, i was told uh, that go for mpc and later you can decide because the the faculty in mpc is good and you can decide later after your 12th standard so i took mpc like that and uh, incidentally i became state first like you know i i got state first in the state of andhra pradesh and that wow. uh, gave me uh, a push like you know a lot of people told me then that you know if you do well in your 12th standard you would be getting an opportunity to study in one of the top in- universities of india bitspilani and that's how i landed up in bitspilani so it was not very planned goal that i would go to bitspilani and it incidentally happened in that way um so as to to, to reply to your question it was not very planned or uh, you know path or i i didn't like decide on you know this is what i'm going to do and that is what happened so i i never probably had engineering on in my thought process and when it comes to dancing i didn't have that much uh vision or something to say that you know i would do i will become a dancer i would become a teacher in my early teens but once i probably you know in when i was 16 or 17 there was some there were 
a couple of instances which changed my mind actually what how it started a reluctant kid going to dance class um and of course enjoying the dance class but it was but there was this thought in my mind you know why am i doing this all my friends were playing why am i uh, daily uh, going for four four to five hours of dancing my legs were paining uh, you know all these thought thoughts were going through my mind but there was this shift that happened uh, because of couple of instances that happened in my life and from that point of time my mom left me like my mom was no more pressurizing me to uh, go to dance class but i was in pursuit of knowledge i was in pursuit of looking for gurus and i went to probably 10 to 15 people approaching them to teach me dance so i don't say i had clarity on what i uh, want to do in future but i had this immense passion to learn so probably i had short term goals you know i wanted to learn i wanted to learn i wanted to learn no i didn't think much about whether i wanted to be a performer choreographer or you know would tour the world not much into that kind of thinking but one thing that was there in my mind is to learn 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 and learn more and the satisfaction i had learning is immense so i wanted to be in that phase actually but when i was in 20s then i started thinking you know what am i going to do is it engineering so now that i had a degree from bitspilani and a very good job so but this passion of dancing did not stop and i wanted to immerse myself into dancing but at the same time i wanted to do engineering as well so it's it's not something which i'm just doing for the sake of it but i love doing you know chemical engineering is something i wanted to pursue and i i i love because you know coming from coal mines areas and looking at the thermal power stations and all heavy machinery and it's something which i i'm fascinated with oil and gas is something i i'm fascinated with so this phase came wherein uh, should i go for both or should i just take engineering so that was never an option for me you know just taking engineering because i know that i can't live without dance but at the same time should i leave my job and do dancing that was the greatest confusion i had i spoke to many people in fact and uh, it there's a point of time when i was getting lot of uh, foreign opportunities you know abroad opportunities and when once we go for uh, it, it, i mean within india as you can go and come back within a day or two so you can still manage both but when it especially when there are abroad opportunities you have to take leave for like you know couple of days sometimes in some cases there are workshops for 2 3 weeks so i couldn't afford you know <laughs> taking 2 3 weeks every month or so so at that point of time then i decided okay let us give some time for dancing you know let us uh, satisfy this quest uh, to you know perform or to conduct lecture demonstrations to do the community work to to see uh, how dance uh, you know will shape my career and i think you know it is uh, again the next stage so once i did this then again i thought more on what else to do so then i had this problem or you know this thought process from the from the childhood days to make dance as an integral part of the society so um so then after few years after performing after uh, going for uh, international tours i started working on how do we make dance more as an integral part of society you know how do we make sure that everybody thinks that classical dance is not something which is much different which is very very of course you know treating that as a special thing is good but thinking that as one's own life is very very different so i want to work i wanted to work in that direction so having clarity at a at in the childhood i i would say no but it's a journey i would say you know at, at every stage of the journey 
my thought process were different and even i think i am still in the process of that journey i want to do some things now but it would change maybe 3 to 4 years later how were your days uh, at bitspilani eservani were you able to still make time for your practice and performance while you were studying engineering in to, to just give you an answer in one sentence i would say pilani uh, the priorities were different so i didn't take much time for dancing and pilani opened up many doors for me that was the first time i was interacting with people from all over the country like till 12th i was in this a uh, probably i would say frog in the well right you know in one of the small villages i would say in one of the remote parts of telangana but pilani opened my doors with pilani so that's the place where i got an opportunity to interact with different mindsets people you know people from all over the country came as and also brilliant minds across the country came there and it was uh, and there were so many extracurricular activities that were there in pilani so there was so much pilani was offering me so i thought okay let me go and venture into them and it was not a very conscious decision but i just went with the flow there was uh, the, the cultural festival that happened in pilani was at all together a different level and i was enjoying each and every part of it and there were so many teams there were so many clubs and there were so many opportunities to to nurture your personality so what i probably you know what i focused on in pilani is nurturing my leadership skills and i also learned sitar uh, and i learned music in uh, i mean this is the artistic side of it so i learned music i learned sitar i even performed uh, before um, abdul kalam ji then then president um, of india wow. during my pilani days but i was not doing much of dancing because my days were involved with other activities uh, studies apart even extracurricularly like i was leading chemical engineering association and i was leading uh, uh, i was the vice president of a, a club called embryo you know interacting with different industrialists and getting them to deliver lectures for the students and uh, you know raising funds for uh, the technical festivals um, you know encouraging people motivating students to take part in the academic uh, festivals so there was lot more pilani was offering in the cultural festival i was a part of the group wherein you know we would take registrations from outsiders make sure that they are safe in the campus so lot of things that uh, improved the leadership skills that improved the organizational skills i think so dance took a second step in in the pilani days right on these lines i have uh, another question for you for a student a dance student to become a performer is it sufficient that the student gains an in-depth knowledge about the dance form and uh, you know gets his excellence there or is it also essential that he expands uh, holistically meaning uh, as you said getting exposure to the event management or learning relevant technology and getting the basics of the stage decor the stay the lights sounds music production etc what is your advice on this so definitely the base is learning dance i would say you know because that's that's the basis of any dancer but i think that is only say 60% because there's so much the um, to add to that so the first thing is there are different layers the, the first layer is dance and the next layer is learning everything related to dance like you know music yoga understanding the literature going through different scripts in different languages this is the second layer associated uh, body conditioning exercises improving your strength improving your stamina and the third layer is 
how are you curating your productions so how are you making it apt to today's society so what is the bridge that you are offering to what was told years ago to the audience who are right now in today's phase so this is the third layer right. and also the fourth layer how are you presenting it like you no know, the lights the sounds what is the ambience that you want to create and especially now in today's virtual world how are you creating your videos what kind of technologies are you using so the and unfortunately having the support system like you know if you have a makeup man if you have a videographer with you if you have a photographer with you a lights person sounds person a, a scholar who would able who would uh, you know give you the meanings if 100 people would be there for a dancer it would be great but that's not practical right so the dancer has to at least have an understanding in all these associated areas having the dance primarily and mastering the technique is one part and also understanding and improving the skill set on photography videography light sounds ambience and you know scriptures literature yoga music everything everything goes hand in hand and having an understanding at least you know not might not be expertise but having the basic level is really really important for any dancer and i'm sure everybody would agree with that so moving forward uh, to the phase where you secure a job first your engineering you travel a lot and you re- relocate to different countries uh, how did you manage between your work and your performances then and did you also feel that somewhere your job and your academics and your art they influence each other did you feel so okay i think there are two questions in this right so the first thing is how do we manage uh, both right. the profession of engineering and uh, the arts and the second thing is do we have any similarities yes any influence yes so the first thing is when i started um, i'm uh, you know i was not very clear on my goals you know not a, again not a very happy statement but that's the fact so i wanted to do everything like uh, you know this um, probably in early career you know want to give 100% to dancing wanted to do exceptionally well in my career and want to do each and every performance don't want to miss out on any opportunity so that that's how i started uh, you know if i have to say no probably it was not even a question you know saying no it was not at all in there in my mind but i had to like really work hard uh there were days um and and also the geographical uh, areas you know and the culture also supported me like i used to go to work in the morning at 6 o'clock and my office the work starts at 6:30 i don't imagine that in certain parts of the world but yes in uk when i was working people used to come at 6:30 and used to leave the office at 3:30 so that used to help me a lot and i used to start from my home at 6 o'clock used to be in office at 6:30 6:30 to 3:30 100% focus on the work and then it from 3:30 to 9 is my time for dancing so it it was well good then you know at some phase of my life where i didn't have additional responsibilities and all the time i have is in my own hands i didn't have kids and my husband was supportive so he didn't ask many questions on you know why are you doing what you are doing uh so because of that i was able to spend my time on my own so i used to give enough time for work and enough time for dancing but then the 
you know the situations changed like you know in 2015 i had my first child and uh, my husband went to his mba and i had many more responsibilities you know taking care of kid and handling the family uh, so at this point of time again i wanted to do all of this but then i realized it's it's not easy or you know it's it's difficult it's actually adding stress to you you know more and more stress that you are missing out on things so then after few years i realized that it is this is not going to work so now we have to prioritize things so what do you want to do you know be clear on that so there were days many days where i sat and thought so this is your first priority next is this this priority and next is this priority and and from once i had that clarity in my mind i never regretted saying no to performances not saying you know no or to say suppose you know if i had to spend some time on my dancing and you know if i had to leave out my kids and you know uh, i never regretted that so having that clarity is what i think is really really important so that you know we could balance both of them and having that realistic goals also and and i do, and i don't think a 18 year old or a 19 year old you know i don't expect that from everybody because i was in that same phase right you know i i was in that phase where i didn't have clarity you know i even i was in the phase where i wanted mentorship you know i was in the phase where i wanted people to tell but of course i think that everyone's experience is the ones which tells them you know that's the best thing that's the best guide um, anybody can have you know their own experience so so i evolved like that over time and having that clarity now and prioritizing that goals and having that realistic expectations you know just don't think that you know we have to conquer the world just think what what you could do in the in the time frame you have so i think that helps but i i i think i'm not perfect in that you know it it's a journey again as you say i i want to do better and better in that even now today now i have two kids so every day i want to spend certain time with my family and i don't want to right. you know uh, compromise on that but at the again i want to give 100% to my work when i accept something it my work i want to give 100% i am passionate about doing that i want to put my 100% concentration on that when i do that and when it comes to dancing probably i'm not in that phase maybe you know i'm looking out for opportunities but with, with some but when some opportunity knocks at my door i would try to understand if it is something i could i would be able to do in this time frame whether whether i would be able to do justice and what is it adding you know what what am i going to add creatively to this you know am i doing something different am i doing am i giving some more different message or you know what what am i doing something different you know how does this actually influence or improve my resume you know something you know have that thought process in the mind and this is what i am working on right now and i think i have a long way to go but this is what i am right now practicing yeah and the second thing what you asked is influences and i definitely think actually you know one influences the other so when i interact with my work colleagues actually i get this uh, you know first hand feedback on what they expect so uh, so basically when we perform we perform at different stages right suppose you know we are performing in a margali season of chennai before the scholars it's it's different but when we are performing abroad uh, before mixed audience it's it's entirely different so we can't actually just uh, go with the same thought process before different audiences we have to customize it depending on the geography depending on the nature of the audience depending on the cultural um, scenarios at different parts of the world so interacting with these colleagues who are not at all attached to dance will give me different different perspectives on what are their expectations 
so this combined with i mean i'm already in this um, mind frame of uh, you know uh, I, interacting with uh, dance people but having the ex experiences from the non dance related people would actually make me work on this acts aspects on how can i trans uh, transfer this work so that it would effectively reach to the audience so that's the greatest thing i you know learn from my colleagues colleagues from my peers and also uh, from dance perspective like what would it add to my work is the qualities i get you know when when you are working as as a part of production you are working with 100 people you are working with 25 people you know you are touring with them the team work is what corporate world really you know gives importance to the teamwork that focus that dedication and more importantly the time management like you know how are you managing different things and at work also you might be having 100 different things to do how are you focusing your priorities how are you getting there you know how are you ma managing your work schedule so all these aspects i think are uh, influencing each other for my engineering as well as for my dance career so you know one one thing to learn from and put it in the other yeah and i think they go hand in nice. hand in that way you're an empaneled artist in iccr which is indian council for cultural relations and iwfc which is uh, india world culture forum now for those students art students who seek such platforms could you kindly brief a bit about the application and the process so i i mean this question is really really important sushma thanks for asking because to get this information for me it was very difficult at that point of time you know i didn't get i didn't have a lot of information on how to apply or where to apply or what to do so i think uh, you know because i have gone through this process i would love to share that with you know future people who want to do that in for iccr what have, there is iccr website and you know you just google iccr uh, thanks to technology these days you know things are becoming more and more easy for us to access so if you want to apply in iccr um, you have to go through their website and it's not very regulated time frame or uh, or pardon me probably i don't know when the uh, announcement would be released but sometime they would release an announcement saying that we are going for auditions and you can submit your application and they would release an application form which you can find in iccr website so what what the aspirants should do is they need to download that application form and uh, there you have to attach so many things like you know your uh, performances the experience you have in lecture demonstrations the countries you have toured and the experiences you have in dancing the reviews uh, like you know the scholars whoever have reviewed your work you have to attach all those news clippings and uh, links and all and you have to submit the application and once you submit the application uh at that point of time when i did it was posts right you know i posted it uh, with photographs and resume and all these uh, links to the uh, reviews to to my performance reviews and once i posted that uh, they uh, they have a panel of judges i'm not sure who are, who they are but they would screen all the uh, videos like we have to actually send a video with live orchestra Uh, with empty audience so you have to book a hall and with empty audience you have to have the live orchestra and you should video record it and you should send that video along with all this material and they would screen that and then they would empanel you on their uh, list list of empaneled artists and they would release it it took me like probably i think uh, after i submitted my application i think i have waited for one and a half to two years i think 
to get the result and uh, it was a surprise like one fine day i received that letter and by that time actually i have shifted the country also i was staying in kuala lumpur where the but the letter came to one of my delhi addresses and unfortunately i was uh, my neighbors could pick it up and and they told me about that so this was the application process i have followed but maybe uh, you know it, it is different now i am not sure uh yeah but but i i think after that many people have asked me and lot of people uh, uh, no uh, empaneled uh, got empaneled in icc here but in no way if you are empaneled artist it means that they would secure you some tours uh, it it's it, it only means that you are uh, you know eligible to represent the country uh, as an you know indian cultural uh, representative and if there are any festivals they would consider the artist from this list because you already proved your metal right you already proved by sharing all the experiences and they have judged a, a team of judges have gone through all the applications across the country and have selected you so this was this is the process yes thank you for this information sir and i'm very sure many students will benefit from this you have given several lecture demonstrations and conducted workshops and taught dance abroad uh, in malaysia and uk how's the experience uh, to teach an indian art form brought i did couple of uh, lecture demonstrations and uh, good amount of community work so there are couple of uh, varieties of workshops i can say i did so one thing which is purely dedicated to dancing so in the workshops i would uh, teach one of the items of kuchipudi and i also did uh, school workshops so these workshops are a bit different right they are not very much into dancing but they are telling stories they are actually representing india you know to children of uh, schools you know i know who is ganesha or you know who is krishna and what is the magic that comes with that story so and uh, and this magic of mudras basically you know the, that we have uh, you know which is which is unique to indian classical dance right so um, so lot, i i did lot of workshops uh, in schools across uk i did uh, you know in scotland england uh, in lot of schools i uh, did uh, as a freelancer and also as a part of uh, annapurna indian dance companies workshops and i also did couple of workshops um, for the old age homes you know uh, wherein we would go and interact with them and tell good stories with uh, with the seniors you know and who would really really enjoy and it's it's a good change for them right it's a good change for them and they would love that experience so these are the different kinds of work i did and the experience is amazing in the sense like the response from each group is different right so when i worked with uh, somebody for teaching dance it would uh, that immense satisfaction which even i got when i was learning so they had this uh, huge um, satisfaction and gratitude that they could achieve something in uh, you know in dancing and they were so thankful that an authentic form was passed on to them because it was so difficult especially in the foreign land to to uh, have that authentic uh, you know learning so so they were very happy with that when it came to school children it's 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 a lovely time spent with them and they're so fascinated with you know indian dance with our with our hand gestures with our stories with our you know magical uh, you know environment that we create you know the beautiful imagery imagery that they could imagine when we are telling that stories so it's a lovely time spending with uh, children uh, you know in in the foreign land and especially you know they expressing their happiness you know and that pure joy of listening to something exciting to them so this is the response that i used to get from school children and with old age people senior citizens and also working with specially uh, challenged children the experience is totally different they used to have this immense uh, what what do you say you know sometimes i also used to see that 
glow in the eyes then they might not speak much they might not tell me that you know this is the feedback we enjoyed or something but the the uh, change in their in their looks you know tells me how satisfied they are you know how, what a change for them that day uh, you know having uh, having uh, able to spend time with a different uh, cultural dance form and to you know spend time uh, with with a dancer who would entertain them who would come all the way and entertain them uh, with uh, amazing stories so yeah it's uh, on the whole i would say especially when you don't have that access you know you would value something much more better right i think this is the crux of uh, the experience i received from the foreign land especially you know very happy to have uh, spent all that time with with uh, with everybody uh, with, with whom i have uh, done the workshops and lecture demonstrations you've been relocating several times and also moved to several foreign uh, countries now with every relocation comes a reset or a new start and when this happens quite often it can get a bit tiring and if i may say also sometimes a bit demotivating now how did you pull yourself through such interruptions yes uh, you are very right uh, so in, uh, i i always uh, you know kind of um, you know in a very kidding way i say in the last 10 years i was in 10 places <laughs> across <laughs> across two continents in three countries <laughs> and in 10 different places so and i would say you know i always tell this to my husband that you know let's not move any anymore but of course you know it's it's all in a very comic way so the first time when i did that so whenever you change places it's it comes to stage 0 right because you would be uh, going into a new place you won't be knowing anybody there you won't be knowing what are the options there um no no students because you would be going to, to a, a new different place and uh, even for the performances and establishing yourself in the arts community it takes time right it's it's not that a single mantra that you know i i wish there is a single mantra but unfortunately it's not you have to be there in that society you have to keep interacting with them you have to show them your caliber it's not that you know everybody will come to me with uh, a garland of flowers and say that yes you know welcome <laughs> to our country and uh, you know you can start performing no not like that you have to establish yourself right and it takes time so first thing is you have to know the people which takes time and then once you know the people also you have to show your caliber you know what you come with and uh, what difference can you bring to them is what you have to prove that and it takes time and again once uh, this happened to me in hyderabad and then i shifted to delhi then i did the same then i shifted to kuala lumpur then i did the same yes it was tiring it was disappointing but what the, the best lesson i learned there is if you are disappointed nothing will happen to you sarvani right you know you have to look for ways and and you have to turn this into an opportunity so when i went to uk this was the you know previously i didn't have that thought process but when i was shifting from kuala lumpur to uk i had this you know yes you would be doing this much more often you know because i also love doing that you know while it was tiring i also love venturing into new places exploring new places going in a different country altogether and interacting with people of course it comes with its own pros and cons and when you are enjoying your pros you also should not regret on your cons or you should not keep cribbing about your cons right so then i started thinking that you know when I, when when i'm going to uk then i had my ground prepared yes i'm going to a new country so what i have to do i have to approach the associations i have to talk to different people and even before going to uk i had my ground set in the sense like 
i uh, like uh, working on dance technique is one part but so by by the time i had you know years and years of uh, practice in in the in dancing right so that was a solid foundation yes that was there and also how do i establish myself quickly in a new country is what i thought and i worked on it and and it was relatively easy for me in uk so because i had worked on it i made a structured way to approach people and i heavily um, used digital platforms because i was not somebody who was born with an artistic you know my family and i had huge network no unfortunately not so i every place i had to venture out myself but only thing what i used to do is i used to just go through the websites and understood who are there in the uh, cultural scenarios and who are there and just take uh, you make use of the technology have emails take appointments go to them talk to them uh, and give them your portfolio tell that yes this is what you bring and this is what your experience and surprisingly people do value that you know when you are approaching and when you when they see that you know this person has had decades of experience in performing and he's and she is available right now you know for a performance or a workshop people would value that and people would also make use want to make use of that opportunity so yes while it is disappointing there are ways to you know work on it and uh, you know venture out uh, into that yeah you're active in both academic and art fields and you've also seen and been in the art field for over 3 decades now why do you think there is a hesitation when one wants to take up art full time as a career so this happened even to me right you know <laughs> uh, but my case is different uh, because i also love my engineering work and i'm hugely fascinated by oil and gas especially but um, in general also what you said is true there are a lot of people who want to dedicate their lives to dancing but one thing is whether they can pay their bills only when they you know rely on dances is one thing probably a lot of people would think of yeah i don't say that arts doesn't pay you but at what extent is also one 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 thinks of right you know when when they are venturing into the dance journey like you know what is the supply and demand basically so i am a supply chain advisor i work as a supply chain advisor so you know how much supply is there and how much demand is there and if it balances that's that's well and good that's great you know to be in that field because uh, i am a part of supply now and if there is enough demand you know i could get uh, paid for what uh you know what what i work for or uh, and it, another thing is also the you know like the society taking dances for granted so is it really true there are you know people who would respect you as a dancer but there are also people uh, you know who would take you for granted they would like to pay for every single thing in the event but might not be willing to pay for the dancers you know so um there are a lot of things i think uh, which people think about um, so let us look at different angles you know with different lenses so the first lens i would like to talk about this is in the learning path okay so uh, i think uh, most of people most of the people might look into it like you know how many jobs are available right so is it only uh, the guru shishya parampara that is there you know only the classes or do i really have some standard income you know and how much possibility is there is also one might think when venturing into 
uh, you know dancing and even the regions like you know when when i was in uk the way i was treated is 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 very different we used to have contracts like i i used to have in engineering you know the way i used to work for my firm so we used to sign contracts uh, as a freelance dancers and um, i mean i i don't say that it happens everywhere but yes with some organizations that's there and when things are in place like that i I'm, i'm sure many people would love to take it up and having experienced that i would also would like to give that uh, encouragement to people yes there are organizations who would act professionally and would um uh, have a contract with you to work for them and would pay you for for the work you do so basically you have to look out for them are there enough organizations who do that is a question mark that we have to explore and uh, think about you know more and also i would like to talk this uh, in in the lens of uh, motivation and uh, you know continuation so this field is subjective right you know suppose i give a performance the per- the person who comes a lot of people are from different backgrounds and everybody would look same performance in different angles right and it's very subjective it's not like science where everybody would uh, take that formula a plus b whole square is a square plus b square plus 2ab but everybody comes with different backgrounds and it is something it's an it's a creative process right so you can't expect everybody to come and look in the same angle or same lens as you and give the feedback so i think this also um is what make people uh, you know continue and choose dance as their career so the thing is we have to mold ourselves and we have to be persistent and act, and basically more open minded to accept all this if if we are not accepting all this we might be hesitant to take that as a as a career right and looking in in the lens of the environment like what society can do right you know so we also as a society should encourage the positive aspects you know and being positive is one of the main things that we could do to see more and more dancers take this as career when one takes up dance as a career it is much different from one does just dancing alone you know if we, if i'm just dancing and i have all the support i would probably just look at okay how this uh, you know how am i adding difference or you know uh whether i should do that or not but when one takes it as dancing i was there in that position as well so i could talk about that you know when when i literally only was dancing without any other source of income i can't say no to everything if somebody comes to me and say that you know you you can you do this for this song even though i might be liking it or I might not be liking it i have to do you know i have to pay my bills and so the kind of things that we do as uh and only you know when we are taking dance as a career is much different and the society also should accept that you know not always kind of you know giving that negative thing but it's it's nice to give more positive uh, feedback you know try to look in a different lens and this is all creative process it, there's no one rule with this you know only this is correct or only this is wrong i understand we should stick to the traditions we should make sure that we are not responsible for degrading the art form but at the same time if we are venturing out and if there is something positive in that we have to encourage our other artists we have to you know keep spreading that positive vibes so i think these are all the things you know the environment the motivation you know uh, the chances the, the balance of supply and demand these are the aspects i think uh, people explore when they want to take up dance as a career can you talk a bit about your uh, initiative sahasra fine arts yeah 
So Sahasra Fine Arts, um, so the, the dream I had uh, from my childhood is I had gone through a lot of challenges for learning art form, you know, um, from searching for a guru uh, to I, I'm, I am blessed indeed because I got these beautiful people, four people who could uh, take time and effort to nurture me. But also there was a lot of challenging challenges, right, that I faced. You know, I have approached several people, probably 10 to 15 people asking them if they could uh, bestow me dancing and all the other, uh, you know, associated uh, uh, aspects that one needs to become a dancer. So I had this dream from my childhood that when I grow up, uh, I'm not sure about it, but I wanted to have this wonderful institution under one roof. One should get everything if they want to learn dance, yoga or, you know, music, any Indian fine art for that matter. They should have this um, opportunity, you know, one gurukulam, wherein uh, from morning to uh, night, if one wants to immerse themselves in, in the arts, they should be able to do so. And that is uh, the motivation that I had. And that is the reason also when I named my uh, institution, I called it Sahasra Fine Arts. Sahasra means thousand. You know, this this hopefully will be a land where it would be vibrating with thousands of fine arts and every person would get something when they come into the institution. This is a big vision. I am traveling towards that. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, the basis of uh, Sahasra Fine Arts. And one unique aspect of Sahasra Fine Arts is making the learning process holistic. You know, it's giving that 360 degrees angle. So even if a person comes to learn dance, we also teach music, yoga, storytelling. And we help the students to create a story in front of their eyes. And that in turn will bring the beauty with respect to the imagination they could create in their mind, right? So uh, we want to give this holistic education uh, to the kids. It's not just dance. If they come for dance classes, it doesn't mean that they are just learning dance. And uh, we also want to create this platform for the professionals as well. There are many people who want to pursue this as a hobby, but also this is a platform for people. If you want to take it as a profession, I have been through that journey and I want to help so many other people. If you want to be professionals, definitely I want to, uh, whatever I learned, you know, without any filter, I want to give it to them. So if you want to pursue it as a prof as a profession, uh, probably what are all the associated skills that one needs in order to become a professional dancer or also taught here in Sastra Fine Arts. So this is one platform wherein you would get everything. So we have we have started it in phases because I'm I know this is yet I'm not yet there. So right now we are doing with dance, music, yoga, art and painting. But one day I really hope that you would find huge number of art forms in one place. And one thing that is unique or one thing that the principle that Sastra Fine Arts um, lives is to give that holistic education and also without any filters. You know, if you are coming here, uh, you would get that 100% attention and uh, the teachers here will, uh, whatever they know, they would give it 100% to the students. I think that's a beautiful vision and uh, we heartily wish that you, uh, we would like to see your idea flourish, uh, Sarwadi. Thank you. And uh, adding to your uh, previous, uh, whatever you mentioned about Sahasra Fine Arts, when it comes to knowledge sharing, you have a philosophy and a belief that it must happen generously without any inhibitions. So in this regard, what kind of approach do you use while teaching your students at uh, 
Sahasrakramas or in general? So the first thing is understanding the student, you know, at what level they come in. Uh, so there are different people who come in. So the first thing is, uh, I mean, while I also uh, give importance to institutionalized way of learning, but it is not that every student uh, will be getting the same thing, right? You know, people are at different levels and we try to recognize that uh, difference. So if somebody is coming at a beginner level, uh, they would be taken in that, uh, you know, journey as a beginner. And if somebody is coming at an advanced level, uh, you know, it will be different to them. So it is very customized to the child. It is not one single uh, way of teaching to everybody is, is what we believe in. So if somebody can understand, say, suppose if there is a student of mine, she's very fast in learning, you know, exceptional student. I don't want to limit her and say that, you know, only one step per class. I would even teach her like eight steps. And I know that and I also ensure that she practices that. So if she's not practicing, it's a different story. But if she is giving all her heart and taking that time and practicing, I don't want to be the person telling that, you know, you only learn one step per class and I would take one year for you to complete steps. But how much ever she learns? And I don't have this time limits, right? You know, I don't really believe in say one hour class means one hour class. Right. You know, uh, sometimes I would go beyond one hour and sometimes I would say 40 minutes is enough because, you know, for that day, if she is not if the student is not, uh, you know, getting so much out of the class, it is no use of taking time. But at the same time, when they come to advanced stage, you know, one hour class is not enough. You know, you should you should put your heart and you, you should like really give that time to the student. Like if, if three hours are required, you have to give that time and, you know, you have to make sure that she's getting. So if somebody is coming with that interest, with that time, but I'm, I'm very strict about this. You have to have that time and you have to give your efforts. You know, it's not that uh, if you want me to teach you, you know, if you want to be, you know, a professional level dancer and if you want to be a full time dancer, you also should give that efforts. And if you are giving that efforts, if you are giving that time. I don't want to go back saying that, you know, I don't have time. I would also give you the same thing. And I would uh, also recognize this difference. Like if somebody can only take one step per class, I would give them that. It doesn't mean that I'm discouraging that student, but I would understand what is needed for that student, you know. And if somebody can learn 10 steps in a class, I would give that to that student. So this is this is what I feel is, you know, probably I, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm correct, but this is what I follow. And I feel doing justice to the capability of that student. So, Sarvani, in this entire journey, have you experienced any setbacks or uh, any moments where you felt demotivated? And uh, when that happened, how did you motivate yourself? Yeah, this is a right question, I think. And um... Yes, there are many instances, Sushma, actually, uh, because, you know, kind of, uh, you know, the journey itself, you know, from the, right from the learning stage, um, there are challenges, you know, uh, the first challenge is this shift in the places, not having a stable, you know, I was not be I was not born and brought up in a place like, uh, say, Kuchipudi or Hyderabad or for that, say, Bangalore, you know, where we have teachers. So I had to like travel hours and hours together to, you know, have that single class. And uh, so this is one of the for the first challenging situation, I, I, I would say, you know, getting a good guru and, uh, you know, uh, so the thing is, I don't say that always I had put efforts to motivate myself. 
that was not true even if i say that you know i was proactive all the time i was you know that's all that, that's not true and and i would be stupid if i'm saying so at the early years my mom motivated me my mother took all the efforts i was not at all uh, a kid who was interested in dancing i was telling you i always used to um, you know come up with this creative ways of hiding myself <laughs> below the bed and coming up with uh, numerous uh, reasons of why not to attend the dance class so all the initial years it was uh, my mother's um persistence i should say so she would encourage me and you know she was there till i i got on to my own feet and i started looking for my own gurus so having that environment motivates you you know when when somebody is persistent and always you know and, and believing in yourself you know because i was having this numerous reasons not to go to the dance class but once i go to the dance class i never used to you know feel tired or you know say you know i was putting all my effort so she looked into that aspect though she was cribbing though she is having that complaints she was good at that and i would uh, like you know whatever my teacher teaches me i would very uh, I, i was very fast in receiving that she she kind of uh, understood that aspect in me and that's the reason she kind of kept pushing me even though i was not uh, you know because as a child you know you always want to go out and play you know you you don't want to choose a difficult yes. path right and learning dance yes. is not a very easy thing you know your legs would ache and you would lose out on your parties you would lose out, lose out on the friendship um, you know play the the play time the play uh, uh, the play aspect so this uh, the environment motivated me in the beginning and couple of other challenges i also faced uh, is you know especially when i wanted to choose this you know whether uh, engineering or whether dancing you know it was in this huge confusion and i didn't have clarity first uh, but you know how do we motivate ourselves is talking to people is what i realized and uh, at that point of time i didn't have many sources to talk to uh, because you know when i see now i go to facebook and i can see hundreds of dancers who went you know a similar journey as me and probably i could just drop a message you know people would kind enough to you know give me time i could uh, you know reach very easily through facebook or instagram you know there are hundreds of channels today but at that point of time i didn't have those many channels so you know having being in this confusion and having that immense passion right you know i have to do this you know my mind would never sleep you know i have to do this i have to do this so the, but the challenge is again getting opportunities you know getting that performance opportunities you want to do so much but are, are you having those opportunities you know when when there is a phase when you don't have that opportunities that demotivates you but how do we motivate ourselves is being persistent so talking to people and um, i should actually thank vijayanti kashigaru so i was no re- i mean i was no way related to her but um, she was posting all her content on youtube and at that point of time i i couldn't you know see 10 years before how much youtube content you had right so this also was right. motivating me you know i saw her content in the youtube and i dropped an email to her i saw her email id in nartaki and i emailed her and uh, i got into a call with her you know she spent like half an hour and uh, told me what are the challenges one would face as a full time dancer she uh, gave me some she gave me guidance and on on the and she gave me the reality of how the world is so you know talking to people actually you know keeps you on track you know it motivates you so i think uh, that was one beautiful thing i did that time you know reaching out to people and there are other people i spoke to there were so many people i reached out to so you know this is what uh, helped me and i would i'm sure you know it helps others also and other challenge also is uh, you know please let me know if i'm going into too many challenges because no 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 
So, you know, having a transparent system always helps, Sushma. You know, uh, this is one thing I always felt because, you know, when we wanted to apply for something, you know, how do we do that when we don't have that network already, you know, existing? If you're coming from a dance fraternity, if you're coming from a dance family, you would know already some people, right? But if you're all on your own, how do you know whom to approach? And uh, the best thing that uh, I realized is using the technology. You drop 100 emails, maybe two people will respond. But then it keeps you on track. And also, it's not just looking out on performances or opportunities, but improving your learning, you know, side by side. You know, first of all, have everything, have your technique perfect, you know, work on the technique and keep working on that. It's not that if we had strong foundation, it's enough for the entire life, right? Even now today, like, you know, I just recently gave birth to my second child. And uh, so it's again reset to stage zero. Yes. So we again have to start that. You know, there's no way. Previously, I used to get demotivated and I used to feel that, you know, and there are also instances when I wished, oh, I know, why did I choose dance? You know, my body is not cooperating after the delivery and I have to work all together, gather the stamina, you know, work on my core strength. You know, I wish I would have chosen music, you know, wherein, you know, I, I mean, these are the thought processes, you know, I had in my mind and I would be lying if I say all, you know, everything is uh, beautiful. But uh, but now I realize, yes, now I accepted that fact for the, for the second child. There's no way, you know, you are enjoying all these things, all the satisfaction and the beauty the dance is giving and you should also work on it. So there's no reason to crib or, you know, and, and there's no use of cribbing also. If you have to work, you have to work. So having that uh, persistence and that thought process also helps you. And also, you know, when it comes to society and uh, uh, you know the environment having a transparent system works and I think we came a long way in that now things are transparent you know you can pick up a telephone you can you can access so many people like you know how are we connected you know we are not at all I don't I don't even know Sushma like I was just wondering you know how did Sushma approach me you know but Facebook is there and it was easy for us today so I think there is no more reason for us to, you know, think on that aspect. You know, situations are becoming transparent and there are hundreds, hundreds of ways these days to approach, uh, you know, what was difficult at, uh, you know, 10 years before. But that was the challenge I faced. And yes, you know, this is the path I took, you know, using technology, dropping emails, approaching people, talking to them. All this helps. It's a very inspiring uh, journey that you've had, uh, Sarvani. The final question, what's your advice to aspiring art students? I think I have talked in, I mean, I have spoken, you know, much about it. So one, only one word I would say is uh, just keep going, you know, be patient, just keep going and uh, keep practicing. Enjoy the journey. That is, that is much, much more important is, is enjoying the journey. Thank you, Sarvani. Thank you, Sushma, for making me a part of this beautiful series. And uh, thank you for such an honest and open-hearted conversation. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, talking to you. Thank you, Sushma, for uh, you know providing this opportunity uh, to interact with you as well as with all the audience. Yeah, thank you. So, I hope this interview with Sarvani Yadavalli was insightful and you enjoyed this episode. Do not forget to subscribe to our podcast. For more information, log on to our website, kalatapasya.com. We'll catch up soon on our next episode, where we shall be bringing more interesting stories from performing artists of Indian classical art forms.